Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hello, it is Sunday, July 17th. 2016. This is Liz Dolan, and I'm going to set up for you today's New to You show. We announced on Tuesday that Leon and I are actually going to the Rio Olympics. We are super psyched about this. So I decided that I would go into the Satellite Sisters vault and pull out the first show that Leon, Sheila, and I did during the London Olympics four years ago. Um, you know, you may or may not know this about us, but as a family, we are total Olympic junkies. Anyway, what's funny about listening to this four years later is that we talk about the Michael Phelps, Ryan Lochte rivalry, and here we are four years later, and they'll be competing against each other in Rio, and believe me, Lee and I are hustling to try to get some tickets to that one. Uh, at the top of the show is also a crazy story that I told about the day at work four years ago that I needed to direct Jessica Lang on a television shoot. And uh, frankly, I still can't even believe that I did that. And as I listened to the story four years later, uh, it really is hard for me to imagine that I managed to pull that off. Anyway, uh, I hope you enjoyed that. And thanks for listening to all of our shows. You can subscribe to Satellite Sisters at iTunes and at Stitcher. And while you're there, if you can review our show, that is really helpful to us. It's good for our Google ratings, and I can't really explain why. You'll just have to take my word for it. It must have something to do with algebra, which is another topic that we talk about uh, on today's Satellite Sisters. Sheila, Leon, and I discussing, huh, never really a family strength but we managed to make our way through it. So enjoy today's show. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. the Satellite Sisters. It's great to be here. It's Sunday, July 29th. We are broadcasting from our Southern California Olympic headquarters. <laughs> this is Leanne Dolan in Pasadena with my co-hosts on this special Satellite Sisters. Sheila Dolan, you're managing your monitor in South Pasadena. It's Olympic fever, Leanne. I was just at the pool. A lot of Ryan Lochte wannabes. It's, it was great. Great viewing. Yeah. And then, Liz, you're there in Santa Monica. Uh, how are things going? How's it, we're going to talk about the Olympics extensively, but yeah. just quick hit, viewing, yeah. I viewing, still, I, viewing I, I have enjoying to confess, it. So. There was one point yesterday where I had uh, three televisions on in my home, just in, di in different rooms, on different networks, just so I could stroll from room to room and get the whole Olympic big picture. Today, I've moved into the online viewing experience. I know we're going to talk about that later, but, whoa, there's a lot of TV, which, you know, I'm thrilled about. Totally thrilled. <laughs> but, but first, we're going to start with an unexpected story. Uh, the headline this week we heard from Sheila. I don't know if you heard, but I heard from Liz. I am making my directorial debut with Oscar-winning actress. <laughs> yes, I, I'm so curious. I want tell all, Liz. Oh, this what is so is funny. Happening? Okay, so last weekend I had to work all weekend, and uh, part of what may, mainly what I was working on, you know, I work for a big international cable TV network, and uh, that is related to the Fox Channel here in the U.S., like you know, American Idol, Fox, Glee, Fox, New Girl, Fox, that Fox, and also to FX. So for the first time ever in the history of the international channels, we were allowed to come and shoot the talent on those shows uh, doing things for us. And Ooh. Leon, you know what this is like at a shoot. It's what they call the big Mondo shoots. I can recall back your life in sports where you would organize these shoots like where a whole Olympic team would be coming in and it's like stand here to do TV, stand here to do print, stand here for the catalog. You know, you've had this experience. 
Right. There are like 80 people literally shooting different cameras at once yes. for different purposes. Yes. Still yes. cameras, film cameras, video cameras, everything. Because you have like an hour or less of their time and right. you just have to roll every single minute. Right. So the, the way this works in my company is usually the United States shoots everything. And then if there's something we need, we just borrow it from the U.S. But this year we talked them into letting us also shoot our own stuff, which I thought we were on top of until a scheduling snafu worked its way in last Saturday. So imagine there's a big studio in Hollywood where all of the casts from the new Fox shows and the returning Fox shows like Glee and that, they're all going through five different stages where they're all being shot. And so we're the sixth stage and we have a director and a crew and a couple of my people and we're there and we're just shooting stuff that we will use on commercials for the shows in the rest of the world. But then at the same time, uh, the sister channel, FX, an hour away in Redondo Beach, was shooting the entire cast of American Horror Story, which is another show that we market all over the world. So, like, on the one hand, over here, you've got Glee and New Girl and, like, all of the fun stuff happening in Hollywood, and then you have the dark, scary American Horror Story cast <laughs> down in, in Redondo Beach. So, in the morning, we're shooting in Hollywood, and it's tense, but it's good. We're, we're kind of on a roll. But then we realize we have to run down to the other shoot because now the American Horror Story cast is available and on set and we have to go shoot them. And so we go down there and, uh, and then they aren't really prepared for us and things start running late and, you know, one thing led to another and my whole director and crew had to go back to the Hollywood set to oh, shoot, no, Liz. To shoot the cast of Glee. She like, yes. And so they're like, okay, who can just stay here? Who can direct the talent for the rest <laughs> of the day? <laughs> who can direct the talent? Like, there's somebody else here who can shoot it. There's, a, there's an assistant director here that yeah, you can borrow. And there's a, the lighting people you can borrow. And oh, there are all plenty of technical people around. But we just need who, who can be our director. And we kind of look among ourselves. And we realize, really, the, the core group has to go back to the other shoot. So the big question is, of course... <laughs> One of the stars of American Horror Story, who we don't even know if she's agreed to like be in our shoot yet, but she's going to come to the stage any minute now, is Jessica Lang. So, oh my God! This, so, Tina Bertmuller, come on, Liz. So, who is going to stay behind to tell to tell Jessica Lang what to do? While the rest of the group leaves to go back to the Hollywood set, where, of course, they only have to tell Jane Lynch what to do. And she, you know, (laughs) just imagine, like, who do you think is easier to direct, Jane Lynch or Jessica Lange? I mean, Jessica Lange needs a director. She's such a diva. She has to have someone telling her what to do so she feels like a star. But she does not need me telling her what to do, (laughs) Sheila. Come on, Liz. Did you do it? Okay, so here's what I did. So there are several other people in the cast, too, obviously. So I warmed up on a few of the other people. Thank goodness. So let's see. Who else came through? Like, Chloe Sevigny came through. Ooh, you know, oh. so I could I could work with her and say, oh, here's what we need you to do. And this wasn't anything complicated. If, there were no lines, for instance. There was yeah. no audio. So they didn't need to cry on camera. No, no, no. This was like we. I needed like 10 minutes of moving your arms around. You know, it, it's what they call What a, did you tell them to do? <laughs> what did you tell Chloe Sevigny to do? <laughs> well, I, I, cannot, I cannot tell you that, Sheila, because it is, oh, it is of course, rooted in her character, which is still super. So, oh, Liz. So I know what she's playing in the new season, but I am not allowed to tell you what she is playing in the new season. So, and the same with, I directed Joseph Fiennes, who is a very nice Joseph person. Joseph Fiennes? I love him. I know. He was fair in love. Yeah. He was actually really, really nice. He And even at the end, uh, there was a whole thing where... You know, I said, well, could you do something that, like, what would your character do in this situation? You know, isn't that what directors... <laughs> <laughs> what would your character do? Being a word mauler. I know. Yeah. I know. Well, I, Catherine a... Bigelow. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but the funny thing is, he and uh, do you know who James Cromwell is? Yeah. Okay. He's, yes. a, he's almost another like Academy Award winning yeah, actor. Yeah, whatever. So I said the same thing to him. Like, and they both had the same answer to me separately. They said, "Well, you know, we haven't actually started shooting the show yet, so <laughs> I don't know what my." <laughs> character would do i haven't really started to work on that yet i'm like oh darn i was hoping you might have some mannerisms or something and okay, pretend you're in an elevator and you're trying to get out <laughs> okay okay but i i know you think telling them what to do would be the hardest part but here's what i would like to reveal no, not for you, Liz. Actually, exactly. I don't believe that's no, hard. You've been telling us hard. what to do. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. And so that, that sort of having an actor standing there and saying, I want you to do this, I want you to do that, here's what we need, here's the context, that was actually pretty easy and not very intimidating until just Glenn came out. The part that was really hard, there were two things I could not do that made me so embarrassed. I could not choke them out. The first was to say this. Action. <laughs> yeah. I just, yep. I felt yeah. like such an idiot saying that. <laughs> I, like, I would look at the first, the director and the director of photographer, and they'd give me the sign, like, okay, we're rolling, blah, blah, blah. You know, Lee, and you've been on a set, they say lots of things, like, okay, settle, right. uh, okay, we have speed, we have blah, 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 blah. And then right when I was supposed to yell action, because I've heard all of those preliminary blah, blah, blahs, um, I just can't say it. And so I would just say to the actor, okay, you can start now. <laughs> you did? Because yeah, they need you to say something. I know. That's why people say action. It's yes. not just like there are a hundred people there. People need to know. Yes, exactly. Action. They need to know when we're rolling. Yes. So, yep. Yes. And so here's what I realized. The hard part of directing for me was not the bossing the actors around. It was like saying the words that told the whole crew what to do. Like, yeah. okay, action. So, right. so I kind of worked my way into that over the course of the whole day. Then the other thing that was really hard to say was, Cut. Yeah. <laughs> Which I know. And then you're just pretending to be a director. Exactly. It must feel so wacky. It must feel so fake. It feels so fake. It was just so ridiculous. So that's why it's different than standing and talking to someone and saying, like, what would your character do? Or I just need you to blah, blah, blah. That's easy. But the, the sort of, the, I don't know, the drama of actually being the director, I just, I really, it really, really mm -hmm. unsettled me. So I got a chance to work out uh, a few of the kinks with some of the, the actors, like uh, Zachary Quinto is oh, in. Oh, wow, uh, yes. Is in this season, so I can't tell you anything about what he plays either. Uh, so then finally, Jessica Lang comes out. Oh, and, wow. Um, you know, that's pretty intimidating. Yes. Because we're also, we're so low man on the totem pole in this whole shoot, right? So I just don't want to do anything <laughs> that is going to get her so mad she, like, storms away, you know, and yeah. refuses to come out of her trailer and do all of the other things she is really supposed to do. So, uh, so I kind of just introduce myself and I, I explain what we're doing and, and she's listening and because it's no audio, it's just video. As I say, it was all about getting people to do things with their arms and a few other things that I won't, I won't bother to explain to you. And I can't tell you who her character is, but right. I can tell you that she plays a very, um, stern and kind of serene and very self-contained person. And so the, everything I asked her to do, I'd say, well, could you like do this with your arms? And I, I did something that I thought her character might do. And, oh my and, God, Liz. Oh God. I know. It was so embarrassing. She would just say, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd say, okay, how would you do this? And she'd say, which is a very actorly thing to, to say, she'd say, that's a little too on the nose. In other words, I'm doing something that everyone would expect my character to do. So, of course, you would expect me to do it. But in a million years, I would never do it because I'm an Oscar award-winning actress, right? <laughs> so, but she's not saying that. She's just right. communicating that with her eyes. And she's just saying, no. So... <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so we worked through it. We get through the whole thing. Uh, it was actually really kind of 
fun. And by the end, I was counting on the director of photography was sort of giving me a few hints in between the various things so that I could like, I, so I could take on the character of director a little bit more. Cause after, yeah. after the I'm, first I'm one, su- I'm surprised she didn't have her own DP with special gel lenses. We, he I did. Mean, yes. That's who the DP was, Sheila. So once I figured out oh. that it was actually her personal DP. Oh, I, no. How does she look? How does she look in real life? Fantastic. And she was actually very nice. I mean, I'm joking because, of course, she's rejecting my direction. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Any self-respecting actress would do that. Who who are you? No. I I don't know who you are, and I don't know what you're asking me to do. So, but she was very... Can you rub your belly and pat your head? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, pretend you're a cat on a hot tin roof. Okay. Okay. (laughs) See, if I could... If I could tell you more about her character, it would be more revealing, but I can't because that's a secret. But the, I just it's couldn't. Fun, it's just funny the way it is, Liz. She told you no. I mean, point blank. You know, it's just like. No. Yeah. So, but at that point, that's when I had learned that the, that the DP was, had worked with her many times before and that's why he was on the shoot. So I, uh, I recruited him to do some of the conversation about what we were trying to get. So, so he was being my co-director at this point, which, which was totally fine. Um, but at the very end, you know, we, we got it all done. Uh, the crew, you know, I actually, by the time I got to her, I had, I was kind of on a roll. So I did say, cut <laughs> at, the very, <laughs> at the very end. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a wrap. Uh, oh, yo, that's another thing they said, Sheila. You know, I've always heard that they say this on shoots, but I had never heard anyone say it on a shoot. At one point, someone said, okay, this is the martini shot, which is like film lingo for the last shot of the day. And I was just thinking to myself, that's so cool. I just actually heard yeah. someone say martini shot. So all that kind of stuff. It's like you've seen it in the movies. And when you're so when, when it's a movie about making movies, and there I was for those brief moments, um, kind of having to play the role of, wow, uh, of, of Lena Wertmuller. So anyway. Do you, have, do you have the bug? Do you think you want, might want to go into directing at this point? <laughs> it's, very, um, it's very technical, Sheila. So uh, I don't think it's something that I would really get on board okay. with. The, as I say, telling the actors what to do, you can kind of imagine a little bit what you want them to do. But so much of it, the guy kept asking me like, technical questions about lights and things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, and here was my, my whole answer to that was, how does she usually like to be lit? Let's no, do that. Yeah. Yes. That's a good one, Liz. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really. More Phil? Liz, did you want more Phil? <laughs> did, you want, did you want the 110s on or the 220s? The shutter open. I know. Yeah. He said, just have them look up to the breezy. I'm like, and I look up, I'm like, what, what the hell is a breezy? <laughs> and then, <laughs> then luckily, there's a big light with kind of an umbrella around it. And the umbrella actually said breezy on it. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. Nice. Oh, yeah. Okay, I got that. But B-R-E-I-S-E, you know. So whatever. So I'm working the breezy. I'm calling action. I'm calling cut. I'm telling several Oscar-winning actors what to do. And uh, that's when I texted you, Leanne, I think, right, yeah. from the shoot yeah. that I was um, making. Yeah, I was, con- I was concerned and uh, just I, was, I couldn't believe it, <laughs> frankly. I was stunned, stunned and concerned for you, Liz. <laughs> you were really directing them. Well, Liz, I think, um, I think this is just uh, really congratulations and i think maybe now you're ready to tackle um the opening ceremonies of the olympics it seems like you could pole vault right from this triumph to uh i have so much more respect for danny boyle now that i've been through my own directorial debut i could relate to danny when i was watching the other night uh, i actually i don't know well i i do know a little bit what you thought Liam, because you are posting random thoughts uh on your blog every day throughout the olympics but i think i enjoyed the opening ceremonies more than you did i Here's the, i thought it was a, a big fine mess and that was fine with me okay all right i mean it was a big fine mess it was a, it was a big mess i will say this here here's the thing i just want my opening ceremonies to be ceremonial, you know? Mm-hmm. I like the cheeky humor, save for the closing ceremonies. <laughs> I like a lot of spectacle, the opening right. ceremonies. You know, even if it's overly dramatic, uh, 
I like there to be sort of, um, you know, great visuals and a little bit of pomp and a little bit of circumstance. Okay, there was a lot of that, though. Come on, when those when those uh, rings got forged in the sky, I thought that was very visual and beautiful. You know, the Olympic rings yeah, that but were... In, but in between, there was just a lot of downers, Liz. I mean, first of all, I thought that meadow was a mess. I didn't... <laughs> That was like a big pile of weeds. I did not find that. And then the poor, dirty peasants had to schlep the meadow out of the stadium. Well, I mean, that's, a, that's historically accurate. Pe- I know, but I don't care, Liz. Okay. That was a downer. And then, right. you know, and then we had, then we had like, okay, British literature, you're going to take that on inexplicably with singing nurses and doctors? Okay, fine, Danny Boyle. But those were like, the weirdest, most unattractive puppets I've <laughs> yeah. ever seen. Oh, the no, big, that, like the big inflatable baby? The scary baby? Yes. <laughs> yes. But, but a lot of those characters were like, they were characters from your childhood nightmares. So I was okay with that up to a point. I, you know. Childhood nightmares. Childhood nightmares, though, Liz. Conceptually, childhood nightmares. Where's the celebration in that? <laughs> Where is? I don't, I like, you want to celebrate British history and literature? Fantastic. Get, show me Peter Pan. Where was Winnie the Pooh? I mean, well, you know, where was he? Where okay. was Pooh Bear? Okay, I just didn't understand. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand the connection between the Industrial Revolution, (laughs) singing and dancing doctors, and then we went to apparently a British guy invented the internet, which I think surprised the world. And uh, and in between there was Mr. Bean, who. (laughs) So you're thinking the London Symphony Orchestra did not all hang together for me. Mm -hmm. Well, I can understand that, but isn't that often true? Isn't it often What's true that, that? The, isn't it often true that the opening ceremonies it doesn't always hang together that they have lots of little vignettes and they kind of move you through the whole history of the country I don't know I I remember I, it's the, not like a downer like that yeah it's not usually a downer I just, you know I just think like sick kids in a hospital bed yeah I just I didn't really understand. I just didn't understand any of it. And, you know, it is England, Liz. We expect that they'll be better than us, right? We're the trailer trash cousins, and they're the land of Shakespeare. You know, we yeah. where was W.H. Auden when we needed him? <laughs> like, there was nothing. Right. There was too it's much thrown guy. in. But, I mean, Daniel Craig in the opening was just priceless. That was fantastic. That- Again, taken as a single piece, yeah, no objections, very funny. But, uh, you know, again, usually opening ceremonies, not so funny. But I thought a little, a touch of that would have been fine. But it was, it was, you know, then do we need, like, the film clips and the fart jokes? Again, that was odd in the the opening (laughs) ceremony. I I just think if I was Paul McCartney, I would have rewritten that show flow. I mean, he was last. You know what I mean? Well, he was the grand finale, which I think he deserves to be. The only thing that depressed me about the Paul McCartney bit was that it was clear that there was such an age gap between Paul McCartney and, say, the U.S. athletes they were focusing on during the sing-along, that athletes are now so young, they do not know the words to Hey Jude. Did you know? (laughs) Did you notice that? None of them. They could not even And the athletes were all thinking what I was thinking. Where is Adele? That's what they were thinking. (laughs) Oh, my God. We come all the way to England, and we don't get to see Adele. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. But but your man. And, and then I have to say, like, it's a it's a country with a great heritage in sporting and gaming. Like that's what they do well. And uh, and then they had seven anonymous athletes light the torch. I, it was not. I did not enjoy that at all. And they took forever. How many laps around that stadium were they going to do? <laughs> Just didn't get it. I, th- I thought the cauldron and, was you know, very lovely Roger and dramatic. Go ahead. You know, but Liz, the, the, what is the cauldron doing in the middle of the field? Liz? I know, I know. People... Why is the cauldron, it's not, they didn't move it. It's there. Yeah, I know. How okay. is that possible? I don't, so, <laughs> what so is that, that? So that nobody's going to be able to see it? Is that your point? I mean. On, plus, I've logged in so I can watch NBCOlympics.com online so I could watch the swimming in an uninterrupted way. I don't know if you guys are having that same problem with like, too much choice, but it is tough to figure out the schedule. Oh, it's very hard. And my daughter called me from the East Coast, and she was watching the women's, women's volleyball, which was great, that first match. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. with Australia. And I and I turned on the TV and I got some early reports about the swimming, which I didn't want to get. I know. I mean, I, I, I just, you know, but again, I stayed up late last night and watched the swimming because Ryan Lochte, I think, I mean, in his own words, he's ready to rock. I mean... <laughs> I mean, he is ready to rock and roll. He was enough. I even enjoyed the fact that he, like, popped the grill in for the medal ceremony. I thought that was hilarious. The, 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 the diamond teeth, why not? You know, he's worked hard. Did you see that Johnny Mac interview, Sheila? I thought I was thinking yeah, of you. A couple comments about Johnny Mac. First of all, manorexia. I mean, what oh. happened to his body? He's so skinny. Oh, I didn't notice that. And the other thing is... I don't you think he just looks skinny next to Ryan Lochte because Ryan is such a big, brawny hunk of man? No, he was skinny next to Fred Rogan. I mean, he looks skinny. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, but the other thing is, I mean, I know his, he's gone gray or something. He had like a single processed rinse. Oh, a blonde rinse. Did you notice that? No. I did notice that, Sheila. It looked a little bit cartoony. It, it, did, it, it did look like he was the villain fake. in something. Yeah. It completely fake. I mean, he had an unbelievably dashing suit on. It looks like a skinny. It must have been English. I mean, it was really a nice suit. But I noticed he was super, super thin, and he had that single process rinse. And, I mean, I, the guy looks old. I mean, it's sad, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he just looks old next to Johnny Mac. I mean, he's younger than me. I mean, he looks old next to Ryan Lochte, I meant. But, um, yeah, I just, like, his hairdresser went all wrong on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like so that watching, piece of tape with Johnny Mac. Well, why, Ryan, watching Ryan Lochte lift a 600-pound tire is worth, you know, hours on the couch. It's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know what, though? I hope there's no... I'm sensing a touch of Michael Phelps' backlash uh, amongst the Twitter and the Facebook fans. I think you can like Ryan Lochte and still root for, you know, Michael Phelps, who has been a great Olympic champion. I think people are happy. I'm happy to see Ryan Lochte get his moments. He's clearly worked hard. But let us not forget the great joy that Michael Phelps gave us four years ago. And let us not turn our back on him. He's done nothing to deserve that. That's a good warning, Liam. That, that is a good point because it's tempting to just move on emotionally from Michael yes. to Ryan. Like you have to pick one. I have, I have sensed that in myself, that this is totally for me the year of Ryan. And when he, like, when he whipped Phelps yesterday, I was very happy. I didn't, you know, uh, I hadn't really examined my feelings about that. But now that you bring it up, you're right. Michael Phelps has done nothing wrong. He just didn't know what to say to Andrea Kramer. Like, he had never not meddled. I mean, he he was so lost. I did feel badly for him. Yeah, yeah. And I thought he was very, very gracious even to talk to her. Because, I mean, a lot of athletes would have just walked right past her after that. They would not have, you know, stood by the side of the pool to wait their turn to be interviewed. So That's true. I, I know. So... Let us just remember the great pleasure that he has given us as we, we move shall. forward in these games. Well, so, so today on, I was watching all the swimming at NBCOlympics.com, thinking I just want unadulterated swimming at this point. I didn't really feel like watching the women's gymnastics and a couple of the other things that were on TV. And they really do crank through the events when you're just watching the, like, unfiltered boom, 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 run race after another, one heat after another. I really enjoyed it, except for the fact, have either have you guys been watching online at all? No, not no. today. No, not um, yet. But I'm sure during I'm sure during the work week I will because I'm clearly not going to get any work done. So yeah, I'm sure during the work week I'll just go live. I've had to make that tough decision not to watch online. Yeah. Well, the the one thing that I did notice, which I'm trying not to let bother me too much, is that there are quite a few commercials online, and it seems to stop like every four minutes, and you get a very short commercial. You only get like 15 seconds or just a very brief sponsored message, and I know they have to be able to do that in order to be able to afford to provide all of the additional coverage, but still, it's a little bit jarring at first until you get used to the pace. So the, the races are moving really quickly, but the commercials are also 
are coming at you really quickly too. But other than that, it's like they have the, the B or C team doing the commentary. So they're just people that really know what they're talking about, but it's not, they don't have a personality. It's not like rowdy, rowdy gains being rowdy gains. They're just people that know a lot about the sport, which I'm totally 100% satisfied with that part. I enjoy. Well, I, yeah. I yes, mean, I'm enjoying the sort of no-name announcing team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, you'll find that even more online. The, the good thing about working at a television network is I suppose I will be able to leave my TV on all day. So that's yeah. good. <laughs> so, Liam, I, I don't know if you've been uh, – did you, did you happen to catch the article in the New York Times today about does algebra matter, Leanne? Uh, Sheila, I have to say, I had several people uh, send me the article, several members of the Chaos Crew who have heard me talk about the trials of Algebra 2 here in our house this summer sent me the article. So I did read it, and I found it uh, fascinating and um, about a year too late. But uh... <laughs> Well, I know your son was doing the uh, remedial Algebra 2 this summer. Yes. Is he still doing it, Liam? He's currently doing it downstairs while I'm doing this. And, uh, yeah, it's been, speaking of the bane of my existence, it has been. So the nature of this article, Liz, was it was a professor, a uh, college professor, who had done quite a bit of research on, like, how Algebra 2 is pretty much an educational stumbling block for so many students. Is it really worth making it a requirement now? Like, unless you're actually going to go into a math and sciences career, is it worth forcing kids to drop out because they can't pass Algebra 2 because it's such a stumbling block? That's essentially, Sheila, wouldn't you agree, yeah, the, the nature biggest, of that article? the biggest factor in not graduating from college. I mean, they, they cited the City University where 57% of its students didn't pass a mandated algebra class. I mean, Algebra 1, you know how I struggled with that. and um, I, I had forgotten that, frankly. I haven't really thought about your struggles with Algebra in a, in a long time, but I'm sure that's true. I mean, it became the bane of my existence and our mothers and my poor tutor who found out when I got to Algebra 1 tutoring that I didn't know how to add. <laughs> I mean, that... The article does say you should know how to add. And he's an advocate for adding and subtracting. That really affected my algebra. Mm. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I would think that would affect an entire math and science career, the, the inability to add. <laughs> but just watching. Yeah, but it was interesting. What's that, Land? Go ahead, Jill. I'm sorry. I think we have a little delay between Sheila and I, so we keep talking over each other here on the Skype today. But um, but it's not only graduating from college, it's graduating from high school. Like, that's where people start to drop out because they can't do math. And then they have these requirements in college. They can't do it. Uh, you know, everybody, even if you're going to be a philosophy major, has to submit their math SAT scores, and so that becomes a problem. And so what this professor was advocating was not stop teaching math. He was saying, let's teach practice practical math to kids that maybe are not going to go on into the math and sciences or don't show a natural proficiency for it. You know, let's teach them how the stock market works or let's teach them how to read statistics or let's teach them how to read a poll. Let's teach math and more of a humanity, you know, humanities mm-hmm. bent as opposed to X to the Y minus Y to the two equals X to the Y to the eight. I don't know. So, but that's, that was his point was like, let's not ditch math, but maybe let's rethink how we teach it to make it more practical. And so it's not this gigantic barrier for students. Mm. That's about 30 years too late for me. I know it is. I know. So, I mean, and I, I just, I, I, I mean, he's not going to drop out of high school, but it's just been hard. It's been a pain in the neck and it's only algebra two, but it's one thing as a parent, I realized, I guess he's reached his math ceiling. Like (laughs) that's it. There's no, but, but when you talk to Brooks, he understands numbers conceptually. So that's why I really thought this article was interesting. I was like, he is exactly the type of student that would enjoy like a statistics class or, you know, he likes talking real estate with my husband. He understands interest rates and things and values and things like that. My husband talks a lot about work at the dinner table, teaches the boys stuff and they understand that, but he, he's not Hmm. doing like, Functions. It's the functions he has problems. Functions are hard. I know. I. (laughs) 
I no, I remember so. that in how in high school. I had a terrible time with algebra too. I just didn't even understand the concept of what we were trying to figure out. You know, like what is functioning what? I don't I don't get it. But then my the next math class I took was statistics, Leanne, and I really kind of enjoyed that because it made sense to me in the real world instead of in a theoretical math world. Who knew you'd need it to be a world of so that vector? That's what this- <laughs> <laughs> you need oh, it for the lens ratios, right? <laughs> you totally do. There is a lot of math in being a director. Uh, you know, they, luckily the DPs and things were figuring all of that out with the breezy. Sheila, you have to not know how close to put the breezy to the actress's face, right? So I know. My daughter, remember, she emailed me her first semester at NYU and said, Mom, Oh, there's a lot of math in filmmaking. I she's and then she started blaming me for her bad math G. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry, okay? I, I bought you the cameras in the film. I can't teach you math. It's too late. <laughs> it's too hard. It's too hard for me. Oh, so Leon, is Brooks gonna make it through this summer and then he can put math behind him, at least for high school, or does he have to take more math senior year? No, this is it because he didn't do well enough to take more math senior year. Oh, well, that's even good. his high. Even his high school has said you have reached your ceiling. <laughs> that's it. But then it becomes a problem for college admissions. Mm-hmm. So that's like it, you know, some schools require four years of math, but he won't have it. So, um, and and I just you just have to make peace with it. I'm just whew, I'm t- deep breaths. I'm just deep making breaths, peace Leanne. with it. Yeah. You know, that's, I, I, and then you, you can't blame the school. I was like, yeah, you're right. He's not very good in it. Maybe he shouldn't continue. (laughs) So, um, but he does like science. So he's taking kinesiology instead of like physics, which would require math. He's taking kinesiology. But that's um, a class in high school. That's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. They have, their high school has a very, um, uh, a very good like kinesiology and sports medicine department because they are so big into athletics there. So they actually have like a competitive sports medicine team and the, the guy that teaches it also teaches at Cal State Northridge and they have a lot of athletes. So they're interested in how the body works, kinesiology. So it's a really hard class. It's actually a lab science because they do, um, you know, stuff. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they do lab stuff. <laughs> they, they wrap ankles. I don't know what they do. <laughs> I don't grass care. is always greener i hope he does well in that me too <laughs> me too uh, all right what else is going on sheila what else, what else is new with you well leanne i've been meaning to call you i've sort of uh I've, I've actually been living with a secret for about a month a medical um mystery that i couldn't figure out at all until i got diagnosed so you know i've had trouble with my feet you know, my, my bunions. Yeah. And, you know, so, and I invested in a lot of really good shoes and I started wearing clogs this year and, and started buying all these, you know, Portuguese, like wooden, you know, shoes to help my feet. I'm on my feet all day teaching, blah, blah, blah. But about a month ago, I woke up and I couldn't, I could, I took to put my heel down on the floor was I like doubled over in pain mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't actually walk. <laughs> I was, I was, and I was, the pain would start in the morning and then it would come back at night. I'd put my foot down on the floor without a shoe and I'd just like be grimacing in pain. So I've been diagnosed with like plantar fasciitis. Yes. It's so painful. Can you believe how painful it is? I can't believe it. <laughs> I, I, Leon, I, I'm just admitting to it now because I know you suffered with it. Yes. And every once in a while it comes back, just a touch of it, and you're just terrified that it's going to come back full. That heel pain in the middle of the night, that first, like, strike of the day when you put your foot down <laughs> is excruciating. It's excruciating. It's excruciating. And you can't, and, and, like, I got up, I was on the floor the other day, and I got up, and I put my foot down, and I could, I was like, ah! It's it's like they're sticking like a hot poker up your inside your foot. Like, oh here. Oh my gosh. Liz, and so of course I've been like all I've been doing is searching the internet for shoes, plantar fasciitis shoes. <laughs> and 
Uh-huh. There is a whole underground world of plantar fasciitis items land that's like 50 shades of gray. It's like <laughs> straps and boots and like... I know. Is there any actual treatment for it, Sheila? Can you just ice it and it goes away or what happens? No, you can't ice it. The whole thing is I can no longer wear those shoes. I have to wear soft shoes. I have to wear shoes with heel cups. I mean, I have to change my entire footwear, Leanne. I know you did, right? Yeah, no, I, I definitely have made footwear choices. Yeah, for the for the six months that I had it really badly, there was only like two or three shoes I could wear. Uh, and most of them were not attractive. That's no, and Sheila, it's so funny because you know what? I noticed that um, when I was flying a couple months ago in that in-flight catalog, the gift catalog, that's basically now just turned itself over to plantar fasciitis <laughs> products. Really? In SkyMall? That one? In SkyMall, Liz. <laughs> it's endless. Take a, take a good look next time. Because I was like, how new? I mean, really, that is, you are absolutely right. It's a whole product division that did not exist like 10 years ago when I first got the plantar fasciitis. Yeah. So Ooh, I got- bought a, a, a very expensive pair of um, Merrill slip-ons yesterday, and I literally can't take them off. I mean, they feel so good on my feet. I, I, I can't wear anything else. Yeah. And, and- and now I have to get special slippers to wear around the house, Liz, because I can't put my feet down on the floor. My heels hurt too much. <laughs> it is so depressing. That is depressing. Well, it's a good thing you're a swimmer and not a runner. At least, right. at least your fitness program would not put a lot of pressure on your feet. Thank you, Liz. Yes. And at night, I can relieve them with my Fifty Shades of Grey bondage, you know, <laughs> accoutrements that you can buy. I mean, did you ever buy any of that stuff, Liz? You know what? A lot of them didn't exist. I did buy some inserts that I did use, you know, for a long time. But okay. again, now, I mean, I too have the bunions. So I had noticed like Hemiker Schlemmer, for instance, that has so many bunion and plantar fasciitis related products now. They've gotten, they've really gone away from the big clocks that work underwater. <laughs> And, you know, like the flashlights that you can bring to the moon. And now it's all about just like things you put between your toes. Oh, I don't. Well, I'm, I'm so. doing the toe stretching. I'm doing all that. I mean, Liz, just count your lucky star. You've never had bunions. You've never. No. Now, no. Leah, just tell me one more thing. Is it gone? Is it completely gone for you? It is gone, but every once in a while, um, I feel it like a touch of it coming back. Like if oh. I do, if I do an exercise... Um, that I'm not used to. Uh, I, initially, the first time I got it was after one of those freaking parent-child soccer games at AYSO. <laughs> like, I was out there, like, running up and down the field pretending I knew how to play soccer, and the next day I couldn't walk. <laughs> so anytime I'm called upon to do, like, running, I don't really no. run and so, like, anywhere for any reason. And so anything that requires, like, running is, is the rough. Pain, the pain is indescribable. I mean, it's... It is. It, I, it, I know. You, you feel... I mean, it's just, it's just I fell over. I mean, I couldn't even walk in my own it carpeted apartment. I know. Like, even the carpet hurt. <laughs> I know. Okay. Well, okay. Good, good, good luck with that. I know we have a lot of emails. I know the plantar people are out there. So I'm with you. I'm now with you. I've turned my life over to soft sho- shoes. Okay. Right. That, that's a very dramatic announcement. Thank you. Um, oh, hey, I just want to throw in something I hadn't put when we were talking about what to talk about. The uh, on, a, on a brief entertainment note, I just I don't know if I'm the only one that's very excited about Jeremy Renner in the newborn movie. But I just want to say, I am extremely excited about Jeremy Renner in the newborn movie. And I am so excited about having a newborn movie that the other day, Friday, I was coming home. You know, I was on a very long plane ride and uh, home to Los Angeles because I had been away all week. And I watched 
all three of the previous Bourne movies on the, awesome. <laughs> on the plane. I am, awesome. I am totally up to date with any of the backstories, any of the, like, the who's who, the how did this get started. The, I saw all three Matt Damon versions. And, uh, you know, and who doesn't love a good Bourne movie? Uh, Sheila, has entertaining Sheila ever reviewed the Bourne movies? I'm assuming that you like them. Oh, I, I absolutely love them, but I think I, I don't think I've ever reviewed them. But Liz, let's do it. Let's do an entertaining Sheila, right, uh, for the newborn because. The, yeah, the, the Born Legacy. So here's one thing you do notice if you watch three Born movies back to back, which is what I did on Friday, is that in every movie, somebody says to him, "You really don't remember anything, do you?" Uh, and in every movie... Ooh, Liz. Liz is turning into a director. <laughs> oh, no. So in every movie, somebody says that to him, just to remind you, like he's got amnesia, people. In case you didn't see the previous movie, yeah, he doesn't remember. So somebody always says, you really don't remember anything, do you? And then in every movie, he also says, it started here, it's going to end here. And uh, so I'm just wondering, I'm sure line number one, you really don't remember anything, do you? <laughs> I that, you know, Jeremy Renner will have to say that in Born Legacy, but it started here, it's going to end here. How they work that in, considering the fact that we're starting a whole new story, you know, you've probably seen the whole teaser campaign running <laughs> everywhere about there was never only one. Well, yeah, yeah, that's I, a good line. That's a good that's line. That's a great line. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is, I think you can say to Jason Bourne, what would your character do? I mean, <laughs> Jeremy, yeah. if you had Jeremy Renner alone, what would you say? Flap like a bird? Yes. Jeremy? Yeah. Could you just do something with your arms, Jeremy? Could you just have your arms up here and then bring them down here? Could you pretend you're holding a sign, Jeremy? Because that's what we're going to be inserting in your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I, have a feeling, I have a feeling that Jeremy Renner would play along. Uh, you know, like Daniel Craig. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. All <laughs> uh, right. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, I did want to make one mention of the winners of our fitness challenge. We have not gotten around to recording our interviews with them yet because we've had a lot of other things going on. But we did hear back from all three of them, heard, that, heard us talking about the fact that they were a winner um, on the show. So I just wanted to let you know that, that Mary, um, Mary wrote back, and there was some... Uh, drama in the Facebook group talking about this, about whether the what was being measured was kilometers or miles. And Leon, you raised the issue that the miles seemed to be super high. And one possible explanation is that people were logging in as kilometers <laughs> instead of miles. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, because so, those were high mileage totals for yeah. just normal human beings. Mm -hmm. so I mean, Mary's, if you're Mabka Flevzy, maybe, but yes. otherwise. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So Mary wanted to set the record straight um, that her mileage was actually 638 uh, and she asked the question I'm not sure if this still puts me in the top three yes Mary whatever it was you know it was malfunctioning for everyone so every, you're still a winner Mary so we will be talking to you soon <laughs> and then Amy good use of algebra thank you <laughs> Okay. See, if the software... We can't do that conversion, so good. You win. <laughs> well, I figure if it was her problem, it was everyone's problem. So everyone was less. So that's just... I'm going with that. And next time, we'll make it more fair. But this time, who knows what happened. Uh, then our next winner was Amy Bansack. And she was really surprised because for most of the term of the challenge, she had been 7th, 8th, or ninth, And she was just fighting to stay in the top 10. But then she surged at the end. And she said, I am a teacher librarian, so I had more time for running in the past month than most people. So that middle of June to middle of July is when she surged into the top three. Uh, so good for her. You know, she wow. could, Yeah, yeah, good for her. And she wanted us to know that her husband is from Fairfield, Connecticut. Oh. Which, is, which is where we grew up, in case you didn't know that. I mean, of course, I know Sheila and, and Leon, you know this. Uh, and that she listened to us on the radio years ago, and she just recently found us on iTunes, and she was very, very happy to find us again on iTunes. So thank you for that, Amy. And then the last person who wrote in was Barry Leslie. And Barry, I have to say,
say to you, your, I know your email address is Barry Leslie, so, but I just assumed your name was Leslie Barry. So thank you for writing it. <laughs> Her name is actually Besley, Barry Leslie. So I get it. And she lives in, uh, in Salem, Oregon, which, of course, is not very far from Portland, where Sister Monica lives and where several of us have lived over time. But she wanted us to know that she will be in China most of August adopting a baby. So if we can't reach her to tape the interview, it's because she has already left for China, but she will have her computer with her and she would love to talk to us if the times can align. So we will definitely work on that. We'll get all three of our winners on the show at some point in the next month once we figure out the timing and get some kinks out of this this Skype system. It does seem in the last couple of weeks that we've had some Skype challenges, wouldn't you say? Yeah, Yeah, I think Sheila and I must have a delay because we we are on top of each other and that doesn't usually happen Sheila usually lets me talk and vice versa (laughs) especially about such topics as plantar fasciitis (laughs) yes well, Leah, maybe we need to end on an optimistic Olympic note because you thought the opening ceremony was a little bit too much of a downer for you so I just want to say how about Beckham on that speedboat come on Nice Again, moment. that was so exciting. I really thought the whole rest of the torch thing was going to be fantastic. So, yeah, Beckham on the speedboat, fantastic. Like, yes, great. <laughs> he couldn't touch the torch because he wasn't an Olympian, but uh, that was fantastic. Yeah, okay. All right, good. No, well, I was on board with some of the stuff list. Anything that was sort of ceremonial, I, I liked. I liked any of the ceremony. But, again, I just there you go. But I don't want to go down. It's, we're moving on. I'm sure the closing ceremony will be great. Adele, Adele, Adele. That's all I'm saying. They must be saving her for the closing ceremonies, <laughs> right? They must be. How could they not? I also heard Russell Brandt being interviewed last week, and the interviewer asked him if it was true. He had heard a rumor that he was going to be in the closing ceremonies, and he did not deny that, and he, he made some joke about he might be singing in the closing ceremonies. So there's your comedy. <laughs> Uh, Anyway, so so don't forget, if you want to be part of our Facebook group, you can just find us on Facebook. It's the Satellite Sisters group, and uh, join us there. You can also follow us on Twitter. We're at Sat Sisters. Leon, you will be blogging. You're going to do your Olympic random thoughts every day during the games. Is that your goal? I am going to try for every day. I have a I have a family uh, vacation I have to go on that could um, cut <laughs> cut back on some of my viewing time. But no, I'm going to try for every day. Just fun things over at Chaos Chronicles. I'll be putting the links at the Satellite Sisters Facebook page too. So it's like it's imagine if we're watching TV together. That's what the random thoughts are. We're all sitting on the same couch watching the coverage together. So you'll get anything. You'll get sports coverage. You'll get coverage coverage. I comment on the commercials, any Twitter wars that might have popped up. But I'm going to try to do that um, every day of the Olympics. Okay. All right, sisters. So uh, Altius City is 40th, right? <laughs> yes, Liz. <laughs> We're the all Satellite right. Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. Mm-hmm.